What's up, Cam? Uh, not much, Mitch. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Uh, yeah. I had a pretty, pretty okay Thanksgiving. How was yours? Did you enjoy your trip? It was good. It was fun. We had a good time down in Nashville. Got to do some things that uh, we haven't been able to do before. I went to a Lego store, which we'll talk about later. I went to an Amazon store, a physical Amazon what? store, which was kind of kind of weird. It was the Amazon bookstore. I didn't know those were a thing. But apparently they are. Really? Yep. That's where I bought the huh. uh, the thing we're going to talk about later in our Delighting You segment. So, Okay. I actually, actually didn't buy it at the Lego store, which is amazing, but... <clears throat> But yeah, so, but the Lego store was actually really cool. And they had a bunch of stuff that later on I found out that I should have bought there because it's really rare and hard to find. So like the $800 Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Yike. Yeah, so. That's uh, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money for Legos. That's a lot of money for a lot of stuff. It's Mitch. a really beautiful model and I would, I would love to build it. All right. Well. Yeah. The world has continued to go crazy, and uh, I think the first part of the episode today, we're going to talk about a few reasons why. You've heard the term uh, or the phrase, taking Christ out of Christmas around Xmas. Yes. A few years ago, I I was uh, having this debate with my mom. I love my mom, but she gets this stuff stuck in her head, and then you don't change her opinion, so... Uh -huh. But, uh, so I, we were talking about, uh, about Xmas at one point. So I started doing a little bit of research. I'm like, well, why, why X, you know, um, and come to find out, do you know the Greek word for Christ? Christos. Christos. Do you know what letter it starts with? Uh, a key, which is an X, right? Yeah. So that's where that X comes from. It's abbreviating Christ's name. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, thought I would bring that up because it's fun and we're getting to getting close to Christmas and we're going to start here and all that stuff. But, uh, but at any know, rate, Americans um, love them. They're English, Mitch. So they do. They it's do. Bit, so bit too difficult. So how are you doing with COVID, man? Uh, I'm over it. Just like everybody else. You're over it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not fun for anybody. So the uh, the wonderful company that I work for, and I do mean that. I'm not trying to be uh, to be uh, what is it sarcastic, but the company that I work for has gotten to the point now where they're just turning the screws down on all this COVID because we've had so many associates go out with COVID or. Um, Someone they know had COVID, so now they got a quarantine, uh, something like that. I think we've had about 20 of the associates in the store that have at one point in the last couple of months had to quarantine. So they're, um, they're starting to really like lock everything down. And so this last week they did a couple of things. And so first off, I'm broken in a lot of ways and I'll talk about that in just a minute, but, uh, but the this COVID stuff is really, really starting to push my buttons. So I come into work the other day, and 
my me and the associate that I work with, uh, we there's a long desk that we work work at in our receiving department. She works on one end. She has her computer on that end. I have my computer on the other end. And if you can picture this, when I walk up to my computer, I have my keyboard, my mouse, and then the computer, which is an all-in-one computer, it's a Windows machine, is sitting straight in front of me. Like you would, right? Like, like any civilized person would do, the computer is right in front of you. <laughs> so, so I come in the other day, and my computer is turned and shoved into the corner of the desk. And and they used to keep it there. You know, whoever the, the monster was that worked there before me, I used to do that. Um, but it doesn't change where the keyboard and mouse goes. <clears throat> so now I'm sitting there and you mm-hmm. can see me on video, but the, the, obviously the listeners can't. So I'm sitting there and now I have to sit and work on the computer with my head turned at about a 15 to 30 degree angle, which by the way, does get a little bit sore around in here, this area. Cause it's just, I'm not used to. Plus I'm looking down at the computer because it's not ergonomically kosher, Mitch. Yeah, so I'm looking yes, down indeed. and off to the side, and uh, yeah, it just gives me a headache to have to stand at that computer for any length of time when it's like that. So, so anyway, I I asked, why is my computer shoved into the corner now? Oh, well, they did that for COVID because they want to make sure that we're socially distanced. <laughs> <sighs> so. <laughs> My associate told me this. So I looked at her and I said, first off, I'm turned and looking at you and talking to you right now. And I said, and we're probably four or five feet apart. We're not the full six feet, but, you know, we're there a distance between each other. And I said, my keyboard is still right here and my mouse is still right here. The only thing that it changes is when I actually want to look at my computer I have to turn my head, look down, and and sit in this awkward angle to work on my computer. So, okay, I'm I'm okay with that. All right, I I've come to peace with it. I walk into the break room, and they did a break room remodel over the last couple of weeks, which was very stressful uh, for us back in receiving because they moved all the crap back in receiving, which made us have to completely change our workflow back there to trying to accommodate it you know what i can deal with that mm-hmm. it was only for a couple of weeks it did it did i did flip out a couple of times just because i'm i'm me and that's what i do but uh but i walk into the break room and now that the break room remodel is done they put up um like plexiglass dividers on the tables which i would not have an issue with but imagine for a second you have a square table you're going to eliminate sitting on two sides so that the only two chairs that can be at the table are across from each other. And you're going to put a plex, mm-hmm. I, you know, I support hundred percent, put a, putting a plexiglass divider in between those two people makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone gets the penalty box treatment. It's like they're N- right. NHL stars. Right. So the, uh, the plexiglass dividers are basically like half the the width of the table. So you'd have two of them that are connected if you were going to do it that way. So there is a little bit of a gap in the middle, but nothing huge, and it would be fine. 
Um, on the bottom of the uh, plexiglass, basically to create a stand, they cut, uh, you know, this was done at the factory, I'm sure, but they cut up a certain uh, distance up the, the plexiglass and then they folded the two sides opposite directions. So it created a little stand. You, you know, you're following me? I think so. Yeah. So you got maybe like uh, six inches or so of uh, plexiglass out on one half of the plexiglass divider on one side. And then on the opposite side, you've got the same thing. So it, it creates this little stand so that the plexiglass can stand there. So our store manager, I've worked with him for a long time and I do, I do like him, but every once in a while, I really just want to slap him. He decided the best idea for us was to create an X pattern that went corner to corner, um, both Mm -hmm. directions. So that now what you have is you have four little triangular sections of, uh, yeah of space to eat at which mm-hmm. would have been fine but and i don't bring a lot of food to 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 work with me to eat i just i try not to just because it's you know i don't bring my half my kitchen with me to to eat lunch but if you can imagine for a second you've got a section that's maybe about eight to ten inches wide and about four to six inches deep that's about how much room you have for your food now because of the way they set these plexi dividers up. So maybe like say put put a uh, 9.7 inch iPad down and it's maybe just a little bit wider than that, but about that deep. That's how much room mm-hmm. you have to eat. And I know associates that will take up half the table with their stuff. You know, they've got a lunchbox that they want to put on the table and they've got you know, their meal and a drink and, you know, they, they have a whole production that they do for their lunches. Well, now they got to fit it into this little tiny triangular section. So <clears throat> when I say that I'm a little bit broken, I, I have like OCD tendencies. I wouldn't say that, that, that I'm uh, like really seriously OCD, but I do have these tendencies every once in a while where I lose control and things are like stupid and I can't handle them. And, I can be a little manic depressive sometimes or bipolar or whatever, but, um, but I have an explanation for that. That's more spiritual than it is physical. But, uh, but I just like, I walked out of the break room and I'm like, I can't, I can't handle this anymore, you know? And it's not like one, one thing or two things. It's just a culmination of all the things that have happened over the last year. And it's like, I just, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to tap out. I'm done. <laughs> So now it's some, it's just so stressful because, you know, we're wearing masks all day. We're not allowed to take them off. If you want to take off your mask for a short break, you have to go outside. You can be out there for a few minutes and then you got to come back in and get back to work. Um, I have to unload the trucks with my mask on, which if you, if you've worn a mask, you know that if you wear it for any period of time, it gets moist inside of it. And Mm -hmm. sometimes they can even get to the point where it gets wet. And that gets to hard to breathe through after a while. So I usually bring a couple of masks with me. That's my solution for for that issue. But uh, but sometimes it's like you got to pull the mask away from your face, get a couple of good breaths, and then put, let it let it pop back to your face. It's it's getting to the point where like we have no agency anymore 
in our work. Like everything, everything is so micromanaged now because of COVID that it's just getting miserable to deal with. So that's my, that's my little rant. I was trying not to be overly crazy, but, but that's just like, that's where I'm at right now with this and hmm, yeah, can't handle it. So, and I know, you know, taking it into the spiritual realm, it, it's, it is that I'm allowing my flesh to make my decisions a little bit more than I should. And I acknowledge that and I'm doing my best to work on it. But you know, the more, the more you fight to fight to control your flesh, the more the flesh fight fights back. And it just, you know, that's been my struggle lately. So, so stupid COVID. Oh man, that's frustrating. That's what I'm going to blame. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's frustrating, dude. And I figure if I'm frustrated by it, you have to be, Frustrated probably by, you know, an order of magnitude, at least based on the fact that I don't have to wear one when I work, you know, like I work from home. Mm -hmm. So I'm, if I'm frustrated by it, then like I said, yeah, it's, it's no wonder that it's making you want to. And it, and it would be one thing if like, you know, I haven't ran into a lot of crabby customers and stuff like that recently. And I'll tell you this whole mask thing. We've talked about this before, but man, up in Wisconsin here, and I and I've seen when I went down to Nashville, I, we went to the Opry Mills Mall down there. That's where we went to the Lego store, and I saw one mm. woman in, the whole time we were at that mall that didn't have a mask on, and there were hundreds of people in this mall. Now the now the mall was kind of pushing pushing the mask thing, but but up here we so pushed the mask thing. In person that didn't that did not have a mask. Okay. So gotcha. everyone else at the mall was wearing masks. I get home and I walk out onto the floor at, uh, at my job and like half the people on the floor didn't have masks on. I mean, customers, not, not associates. We all have to wear them, but, and I'm yeah. just like, God, it's so frustrating. And then when, when you ask, Hey, I've got a mask. If you'd like to, you know, we'd like it if you'd wear masks on the floor. No, I don't do that. I don't believe in that crap. That's stupid. It's a hoax. I'm like, okay. All right. That's what you hear a lot up here. You know, Oh, it's all a hoax. It's just, it's just, you know, this and that. And I'm like, you know what? Just get out of here. I'm done with you. We can't kick them out. Unfortunately, unless like you're really belligerent about it, but. Ugh. And the company doesn't it's doesn't want us uh, forcing people either. Well, you know, you know what the government loves about their hoaxes is is trying to uh, you know put small businesses out and really having to spend billions of dollars in in uh, stimulus money. That's what they really want to do. That's why they have a hoax. You and know, it doesn't stand up against any any kind of criticism. You know, that's really, really the problem with all of that. No, I also think it's silly of us to expect people to use logic and reason in their decisions when it comes to politics right, or anything else. And that's the sad thing is that it's become a political thing instead of like a public health and safety and, you know, logic and reason it's become politicized. And that's the BS about it. Yeah. Cause it's not a political issue. It's a public health issue and it's a human, uh, what's the word? Um, uh common sense 
just to right. do what you need to do to make other people safe. But heaven forbid. So, yeah, so I, uh, I'm pretty sure they don't listen to my podcast. So I think I can get away with saying this. Uh, some old friends of mine, um, her and her mother and her daughter came into work the other day um, when we were unloading a truck. I think it was Thursday night. None of them had masks on. And I know that family pretty well. And I know that if they were told, oh, this is just dumb, you don't need to wear a mask, then they wouldn't wear a mask. And I didn't want to say anything to them. And I didn't say anything to them because we're not really supposed to. But, uh, man, it's like you don't know who you're affecting by your decisions. And I I think that that's the thing that so many people have got to take into account. You know, maybe you're not going to hurt me, but if I take it home and I, and my wife gets it, maybe she gets sick or my wife just made a bunch of food for, um, somebody who, and I'm not even sure who it is to be honest with you. Um, but just made food for a guy that is going through some stuff and they were looking for people to make a meal for, for them. So my wife made a meal for him for today. And so he's going to eat her food and, uh, and he could be, you know, he could have a compromised immune system and now we've given it to him and he dies. You know, you, the, the problem is, is you don't know the chain that this is going to go through and who this is going to affect. You know, so why don't just make the right decision and protect everybody? You know, it would change if your grandma died from COVID, you know, or you got COVID. And some of the horror stories, I don't know if you've heard some of the aftermath from COVID, but some of the horror stories I've heard, and it's not, it's not common, but it's also not rare. The the effects that this has on the body after you get it. And after you've recovered, in air quotes, um, one one lady on Twitter was saying, you don't recover from COVID, you survive COVID. You know, and I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before, but she uh, she had, she got COVID back in March. And she was tweeting about this in August or September. And she's like, I'm, I, I will never not have need an, a rescue inhaler to breathe. Because she's she's like, I have problems breathing every day. And before this, she was a runner. She was active. She was, you know, in good, you know, really good shape. And, <clears throat> excuse me, she uh, she gets a COVID. And now she had to relearn how to walk, how to sit up. Her muscles atrophied. So she had to go into physical therapy to, to get her, her musculature back into shape. And just there was a litany. She she listed all of the effects that she's had, you know, some of them very personal as well, that she's had since she got COVID. And it really, there's no system in the body that wasn't affected by it. And it's just crazy. And then you've got these idiots who, oh, it's all a hoax. I don't know what to do about that anymore. So we have happier things to talk about, Cam. We do. We have happier things to talk about. You got a little gift from, uh, what was it, FedEx, UPS, um, USPS? Uh, I'm not sure how it came, but. It was delivered by FedEx. 
couple weeks ago, and because we record, we pre-recorded our Thanksgiving episode. This is the first time we've had to talk. But uh, yes, FedEx brought it, but it was uh, you know courtesy of my bank account, unfortunately, <laughs> that, <laughs> that uh, I am now in possession of the new M1 MacBook Air in space gray, and it is incredible, Mitch. I have heard some really good reviews on this. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what uh hear what you have to say. So I'm gonna shut my microphone off and let you go. It's so I've been uh next month will be three years that I've been without a laptop. Um my original MacBook Air that I bought in 2013 died in January of 2018, mid project for a job interview. I was interviewing for a job in Detroit and I had to do this keynote presentation and it was timed and i had to get it delivered by a certain time otherwise you know it would be a failure and my macbook air died in the middle of that and so i had to finish on my ipad long story short and then since then i did at that point i didn't have the money to replace it with a new macbook air or macbook pro or anything like that. i was priced out so i bought a pc desktop which you know has served me well and i still have it and it's you know it is what it is um but i've been i've been running desktop stuff for the last three years and um just having a computer with an attached keyboard that has a trackpad and like i know you can do that on a ipad now but it's not one thing it's multiple things on an ipad uh i love my ipad but the mac lets me do everything i want to do without compromise uh, I can do a lot of what I want to do on my iPad, but there's a lot of compromises, and that's okay. And the iPad, I love, and I use it every day, and it has its uses. But to me, this form factor right here, a a Mac laptop, is 100% what I want and what I desire, and it's perfect for me in how I use it and what I need to get done. And Mitch, this thing screams and i'm not talking because the fan's super loud because guess what there ain't no fan in this little boy it is stupid how fast this thing is now i've got uh final cut pro 10 motion logic pro 10 main stage i've got my whole itunes library i've got lightroom classic and lightroom cc and photoshop on here uh ia writer uh so i have all of my pro level applications on this machine that i use regularly to produce podcasts to edit uh and deliver all of the photos that i take for different clients to work on videos to create motion graphics for my church like all of the stuff that i do that use mainstage which we'll talk about later to to uh you know be part of the band at church all of the stuff that i use you know on a professional level this thing can handle without breaking a sweat the warmest it's ever been is when i'm editing raw photos in lightroom for like two hours and it's like mildly warm to the touch i i've had it uh, on main stage and played for over an hour where it's running all of the midi controls from my controller through the computer into the loudspeaker doesn't even get warm this thing can handle, I've worked on motion projects where I've got eight different video streams all showing on the screen and moving around 
doesn't get warm, doesn't suffer in performance. Um, like it, it, the speed with which it opens stuff and reacts. It's like, if I click on like open messages, by the time I let go of the touchpad, the application is open. It's that fast. It's open, open. Now, some of the bigger programs like Final Cut and the Lightroom obviously take like oh, a whole two seconds or three seconds to open, but its its response time is ridiculous. Its battery life is incredible. I still I haven't gotten like the seventeen hours of battery life, but that's because I'm running stuff like Logic and Final Cut and Main Stage and Lightroom, which are they're intensive like programs. So. But still, I can go the entire day, and the battery is totally fine. I don't have to worry about it at all. Um, the only the, there there are a few things that I've run into that are um, a little interesting. Uh, some of, most of them are Big Sur related, which is I, I don't think terribly surprising. But yesterday, it would not recognize or connect to my AirPods Pro. It said it was connected to them, but there was still audio from my phone playing on my AirPods, even though it said my computer was connected to them. And the only way I could get it to recognize and connect was to restart the laptop. And then uh, the other issue is sometimes when you minimize your windows and they sit in your dock, in that little section of the dock where your minimized windows are, the actual window is missing and there's just the tiny like 10 pixel by 10 pixel icon floating there which is just seems like a bug. Um, so those are like the two big Sur issues I've run into. Uh, neither of which is like, you know, a deal breaker, just annoying to have to restart my computer or to recognize the AirPods pro, which are supposed to be able to switch seamlessly between all of my devices. It's, it's overall, it's really good. The other, the other issue I would say is the the two Thunderbolt ports, right? And that's a limitation of the M1 chip. It can only support the two USB-C Thunderbolt ports. So I do have uh, so one one of the issues, one of the reasons that's that's kind of an issue is I have a I have an external hard drive that I keep all of my uh, I keep my Lightroom library on. I keep my um, my Final Cut uh, and Logic projects on there. And this has a full terabyte SSD, by the way. So I got the 16 gig RAM, one terabyte SSD. Um, I keep those projects on an external hard drive to, one, allow me to use my Mac Mini if I need to. Because if I want to use the 4K screen, it's just easier to transfer them over to that computer with the external hard drive and open it there. Um, but also I want to I want to make this this SSD last super long. So if I can have my stuff on a portable drive that allows this machine's hard drive to stay available for anything else that I want to do with it. Um, I'm just a sucker for more space. More space is always good. More storage is always good. Um, so the two, the two Thunderbolt ports, um, you know, obviously four would be great, but that's, that's why you get dongles with power, you know, with, with throughput power. So I have one that allows me to connect USB-A, HDMI, uh, and then like has like a micro and, and normal SD card reader that also has a power input. So I can still power my machine through that dongle, have every, anything I need plugged into that, and then have my second port for my external hard drive or for my my audio interface, which I use. It's a, it's a Focusrite Scarlett Solo. 
that I use when I uh, play um, either guitar or keys at church um, to get the MIDI audio out to the system. Uh, so, or when I'm recording stuff at home, like guitar or vocals or keys, I use this to record into Logic. Um, so I can still get power. I can still get other devices in and then use that, that secondary uh, port for either the hard, the external hard drive or the focused right audio interface. So uh, two is doable. Four would be ideal, but also it's a limitation of the chip. Like I knew what I was getting when I bought this computer. I knew exactly what the limitations were, but I also had ideas of what the upside was, you know? And, um, Mitch, I'm in love. It's such, such a nice computer. The screen has got the retina display. Um, the only downside really to the display, which is a bit frustrating. Let me pull up my system preferences so I can tell you the exact numbers here. So I have it on the, I have my screen scaled to the farthest right, the most space you can have, right? So the default says it looks like 1440 by 900, which is stupid. Why is that the default? 1440 by 900. That's not even close to an HD display. And this thing has a bajillion pixels. The, the most, the largest you can get your screen to look like is 1680 by 1050. I, I don't understand why this thing doesn't have a, a full 1920 by 1080 display, minimally. So that's, that is a bit frustrating um, from, a, from a, you know, resolution standpoint that a brand new Retina display that came out legit one month ago can't give me a full HD display, even though it's called Retina, right? Um, but that's me really just splitting hairs and getting nitpicky about like miss me looking for something to be wrong or annoyed or annoying. So I've got it set to that 1680 by 1050. Um, I would love more resolution, but it's also a 13 inch laptop. And I wonder if that's also a limitation of the chip is that's what they can, that's what they can deliver consistently without issue without performance uh you know degradation that that's the resolution they can serve the retina uh, screen in without compromise and if that's the case that's fine you know and if i want more later then i need to save up my money like a big boy and buy one of the bigger beefier machines that are going to come out you know in the next year or two but i'm not going to do that because this thing literally does everything i want without without issues I've, I've yet to run into uh any issues now i haven't pushed final cut to crazy limits yet because i just haven't had a project that requires it um so i will be interested to see if i'm if i'm doing lots of 4k editing um how it handles that it's supposed to be able to handle two prores uh 4k streams at once without dropping a frame i i haven't tested anything close to that yet so if and when i do i can report back but um Man, I tell you what, Mitch, having a having a Mac laptop that weighs next to nothing, that doesn't have a fan, that has, with a few compromises, the power and the speed and the overall competency to handle what I needed to do, which is more, way more than the average user, at a really reasonable cost. 
reasonable is, is, is definitely right subjective, right? It's an expensive computer. Um, but compared to what you can spend on machines like this, um, man, man, I'm, I'm glad I spent the money. I'm glad that I was able to. Uh, I can't do it very often. Like I said, three years ago, I wasn't anywhere in a, near a place where I could have done this. And so I bought what I could buy and it served me well. Um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with the machine. And um, what, what's also a bit scary is that this is the slowest one they're going to make. This is the least powerful laptop that's going to come out in the next three years. And it does everything I need it to do. So what the heck are the 14, 16-inch MacBook Pros going to look like? Or the new iMacs? Or the new Mac Pro? It's, it's going to be ludicrous. And I think what, what's going to happen with those, and this is, this is my own, um, maybe my own wish casting, but, you know, when you start looking at um, the iPads and the iPhones and stuff like that, they talk about how much headroom is on these systems. You know, that's something that they couldn't do with Intel before, you know, so they can create these computers with a ton of headroom in the CPUs and the GPUs and and just blow everything out of the water to the point where it's just like you just open it up and it works like it, there's no it feels more like an iPad than a than a uh, computer. Yeah, and that's the other thing I didn't even mention is the instant wake, right? You just, you lift the screen and by the time the screen is open, it's all, it's like, it's ready to go. And it unlocks with my Apple watch. So it's like, Oh, flip it up and lock. All right. Just do your business. It, it gets itself out of the way as much as possible and just lets you do what you need to do, which is a wonderful experience. And let's also be clear that when it comes to a MacBook. A thousand dollars is the is the entry. Yeah, you know, so you're getting this. Per, this is performance that you couldn't get on, uh, you know, two thousand dollar MacBook before. This, you're getting this for a grand, you know, nine ninety nine, uh, starting. So it is. Yeah, starting. It's not That's a not bad bid. <laughs> oh no, no. Like like all of us, we upgrade everything, but, um. But yeah, I mean, these machines are crazy. Yeah, and and honestly, like, if this is the beta entry, right? Like, this is the rev. This is the 1.0, right? They're gonna figure things out mm-hmm. that are gonna make this better, as they always do, right? Every year, it's not just Apple that gets better. Windows machines get better. Uh, Android devices get better. Like, you know, the Google Pixels and like. It's just, it's the nature of technology and these companies fighting each other for more market share and for better features and for faster this and more powerful that, right? If this is their first shot at putting a Mac on their own chip, I mean, my goodness, dude. It's going to be ridiculous. And I think that, I think that what we're going to see is we're going to see the, um, we're going to see why Apple did this in the first place, because with Apple um, making their own chips, you still have the rest of the PC industry beholden to Intel and to AMD, um, where Apple can just, you know, if this is the first thing they're putting out, the this takes the Mac into a whole new arena. 
that the like I don't know that you see the PC industry be able to follow this. You know, eventually perhaps, you know, they'll 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 find a way to catch up, but man, Yeah, no, this is crazy. this is definitely a point of divergence on the timeline, right? You know, mm-hmm. and much like the iPhone was, less so like the iPad, but you know that that has has gone its own way, right? But like the the iPhone was a you look at the timeline, a major point of divergence for Apple. It changed everything and this may not be as drastic as the iphone simply because of market share and there's just not enough people on the planet they're going to spend this much money on a laptop right compared to a phone Mm -hmm. but i think if you look at technology in the computer specific right so just you know uh, apple laptops and desktops and pc laptops and desktops and you know you know, like the the all-in-ones and all of that. If you look at where we are and where we could be in 10 years, this is a major point of divergence in what is possible. And you're absolutely right. I think Apple is uniquely positioned for a move like this based on everything they've done in the last however many years. What, 15 years with iPhone or something stupid like that? 17? I don't know. It's been a really long time, right? Um, they are uniquely positioned to control the full stack uh, unlike other companies when it comes to the final product and, and, and that integration that they always claimed about software and hardware and how they can take advantage of the, and that's why the Ram on this computer is called what integrated memory, I think. And it's built into the chip. So they can do more with that 16 gigs of memory on the chip with their machine and with their software because of how tightly knit and integrated and and custom built for each other it is than you could do on a normal laptop that just has, you know, two eight gig cards of RAM shoved in it. And I think it's going to be interesting in five or 10 years to look back at this point when, when, when the Apple computing broke off from, from Intel and really look at the effects, like you said, of how the PC industry reacted. And did they double down on their approach or did a couple companies say, oh, crap, and try to play catch up, you know, and it's it's going to be super, super interesting um, to watch how this all shakes out. I'm going to be interested to see. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how this affects Intel's business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, let's watch the stock prices. <laughs> Now, one question I did have for you is, uh, does that have the new Magic Keyboard in it? Yeah, it has the latest, whatever the latest keyboard is. Uh, I actually quite enjoy it. And now, you know, you know me. I also like my clickety-clackety mechanical keyboards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the tactile nature. I love the feedback. I love the noise. I'm one of those weirdos. Um, but... The keyboard on this, like obviously the key travel is is fractions of what it is on my mechanical keyboard, but you still get really good tactile feedback. You actually still push the keys down, so you're still getting, you know, the feedback. I love the spacing on the Mac keyboards too, compared to like I struggle if I'm on my Mac keyboard a lot and then go back to my mechanical keyboard, the key spacing is a little off. So that that's a bit to adjust to um, from the keyboards, but. No, as as far as the keyboard is concerned, I have no complaints. I never actually tried the keyboard that everyone got super, super, super mad at um, a couple of years ago. 
and like people were like saying, don't ever buy Apple again. The keyboard's trash. Oh, a piece of dust got in it. And now my computer's ruined. Yeah. You have one. Yeah. If when I come to visit, I when I come to visit in the future, I'll have to try it. Cause I've never actually tried one of those. So I have no way to compare this to mm-hmm. that. Um, but I will say as someone who's full day job and pretty much everything else is done on a mechanical keyboard, uh, this keyboard is, is totally fine for me. Uh, the key travel is nice. The feedback is nice. I don't have any weird, like if I don't hit it directly in the middle, it doesn't press down. I've never had a missed keystroke um, in, in what I've been doing. And I actually spent about an hour, an hour and a half typing the other night, pretty, pretty, pretty regular, rigorously and didn't have any issues with it. So um, yeah, I'm a fan overall and has touch id too which is i'm curious to see how how it compares oh to one of those i'm curious to see how it compares to the 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 regular uh magic keyboard i love those too those those little those are great i got this with the imac Uh uh-huh and uh i really like this keyboard yeah that's the one that you just charge with the lightning right Mm -hmm. yeah i had one of those when i was doing web design and had um an imac i love that little thing it's great it weighs like like literally like a third of a pound it's and it's just but it's just so nice a little aluminum case mm-hmm. yeah big fan yep no it's it's very the fit and finish on all of apple stuff is just really nice so i will say and uh i, I was wondering how i was going to feel about this as the uh, apple silicon started rolling out i actually feel just fine having purchased my 27 inch imac um before all this happened so having an intel machine mm-hmm. everything that i've heard all the stuff that i was excited about i mean the being able to run iphone and ipad apps and stuff like that just sounds like they're not quite there yet and for all the stuff i want to do with this machine like i i can't deal with compromises you know i was kind of scared i did i did upgrade to big sur which i was a little worried about but I've had no issues with this machine on Big Sur. I'm kind of so, surprised you actually did do that because you were very concerned. Yeah, you know, I pulled the trigger. Yeah, I pulled the trigger. I was like, you know what? As long as as long as a uh, Rogue Amoeba stuff is working, and I I had it working on my laptop just fine. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to pull the trigger and do it. Um, because I like to be mm-hmm. updated to the latest stuff. But uh, but yeah, it would have would have broke my heart if I couldn't like Adobe audition wasn't working or something like that, which I mean, I could use logic until it got updated, but, uh, cause I've, I've done that before, but, um, but Adobe audition is really where, where I want to do all my editing. So, but I'll tell you, it, it, I feel better about making that decision now because I think the first iMac that comes out, I think is going to have a lot of compromises on it um, because I don't think they're going to have a chip that's going to be able to support um, all of the inputs that I want on this thing. You know, it's all the USB-A, the USB-C, the, you know, the SD yeah. card, those kinds of things, you know, because this machine, like I'm looking at, you know, five years being a minimum. Um, but if I can get 10 years out of this uh-huh. machine, you know, I'm, I'll Syracuse of this. No problem. You know, so I don't know if you, you followed his, his uh, thing. Um, but, uh, with his uh-huh. Mac, Mac pro. Yeah. It's when the new, when the new cheese grater Mac pro came, Mac pro came out, uh, it had been 10 years since he bought his last Mac pro. And so that that's how he 
wow warrant you know he uh justified his decision to upgrade to the new mac pro and now it's a machine that he's probably going to have you know another 10 years or whatever so that's kind of how i look at it and why i felt fine about spending the kind of money on it that i did so but i will have a laptop between now and then that is on apple silicon I'm really tempted to pull the trigger on buying one of the heirs for my wife because she's she's wanted a, a a laptop to do her work just because of the screen real estate, you know. But I think she'd she'd really appreciate you know the how much more she can do with it than she because all she uses right now is her phone. So, oh gosh, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So I I have a lot of respect yeah. for what she accomplishes on her phone without having a desktop machine to, to work on. So, well, so cool. The MacBook Air gets two thumbs way the heck up for me. Yeah, yes. From everybody yeah. I've heard, you know, just the criticisms uh, have been very minor. So have you tried uh, iPhone and iPad apps on it yet? No, I was actually uh, going to say that's the one thing that I haven't done yet. Um, mm-hmm. Because I just honestly, seem, I was so focused. Yeah, it seems on to me that my, there's not a lot. Yeah, I was so focused on, you know, Final Cut and Lightroom and Logic and, and now Motion and Main Stage um, that I hadn't even crossed my mind. And then I was listening to uh, Cortex in their State of the Apps episode, and they brought up Mike's like, I just want Timery on my Mac. Just give me Timery on my Mac. Mm-hmm. And he goes, also, I want the OmniFocus iPad app on my Mac. He's like the iPad, the iOS version and the Mac version feel like they're made by different companies. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, that's the best way to describe it. Cause OmniFocus for the Mac, I cannot stand. It is so yeah. hard to work with. Then you hop over to your phone or your iPad and you're like, Oh, this is so much easier to use in every possible way. And so I didn't even realize that Mm-hmm. I wanted that until he said it out loud. And I thought, oh, yes, you are so right. Because, like, even entering the date for one of the things. Yeah, I think he said that on Connected. He might have said mm-hmm. it on both shows. Um, but either way, it's like, oh, yes, that's exactly what I want. It's because the Mac app needs to go away. I don't like it. It's It's just, it's so not user-friendly to use in comparison to the iOS iPad versions. Yeah, so when I came to OmniFocus, I started on the on the Mac. Um, it was quite a while before I actually moved over to um, using the uh, mobile versions. So for me, I I think the thing that frustrates me about the Mac is, uh, and I think the I'm sorry, the iPhone version, and I think that it's gotten a lot better, is managing all of the like so for work i i have templates that i built in uh, omnifocus for all the stuff that i need to do for like a truck unload or something like that so i can just copy and paste those into um into like the active uh lists that i put together um you i should show you my omnifocus workflow sometime but uh when i go to the mac it used to be that I would I would sit down at the Mac before I went to work and I would work out all of that stuff, usually on my laptop. I would set that all up before I went to work because it was kind of a pain in the butt to do it 
on the on the iPhone or even the iPad. iPad was a little bit easier, but now that they've uh, updated the date picker and stuff like that, that's gotten a lot easier. And I almost prefer doing it on my on my iPhone now um, versus the the Mac version. But there's some stuff that I can just do way faster on the on the Mac um, versus doing it on my iPhone. And a lot of it that has to do with all the menus pressing, you know, pressing through all the menus instead of just having the whole hierarchy right there to just go to straight straight to what you want on the Mac. Um, it's a little. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a little faster to get to what I want to and less button presses on the Mac versus the iPhone, but it's just the limitation of the screen size is all it is. Yeah. But anyway, so how are you feeling about Big Sur in general? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I just it it it's there. Uh I mentioned a few of my annoyances, right, with like the uh airpods not connecting for no reason and uh you know minimize windows disappearing in the dock Mm -hmm. those are fixable things right i'm not super concerned about it can i ask you a question about that yeah um you mentioned that you the minimize windows in the dock do you not have it minimizing into the icon no it goes and sits next to like all the way in the right in between my downloads and my trash. On the right-hand side? Oh, that drives me crazy. I can't stand them over there. I That's always, like, the first thing I change in the preferences when I get a new Mac. Okay, sure. Talk, talk. Dock and menu bar, right? Minimize windows into application icon? I didn't even know that was an option. Yeah. Wait, time out. I've always done it that way because it oh. drives me up a wall. What? So if you click the minimize button, yeah. it goes into the uh, That's so into the application weird. icon instead of. I've always done yeah. it the other way because I didn't know there was an option not to do that. Mm-hmm. So you just rely on the dot next to the or underneath the icon to tell you that you have that open. Right, and I think let me check. Oh, oh no, that doesn't do that. Never mind. That is. But interesting. yeah, I, uh, one other real quick question that's totally unrelated. Are you a Spaces person or a Windows person? Um, so when when I had not, my not uh, Windows, the operating system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, when I had my MacBook Air the first go around, I used Spaces prolifically. Like that was the way to make my 13 inch MacBook Air have way more real estate. Not having had a laptop and using my Mac Mini. This last year that I've had my Mac Mini with a 4K display, I've gotten away from spaces just because I have so much screen real estate on this on this 4K monitor. Uh, so I feel like the more I use um, my MacBook Air, the more I will get back into using spaces just as a way to organize, you know, what I have open, what I'm doing, and to and to maximize the, especially with that that reduced resolution on the screen. Um, I'll definitely get back mm-hmm. into it, but it's something that on the Mac Mini I haven't really had to use, just because the 4K monitor provides me so much real estate. Yeah, hundred hundred percent agree. I'm I'm uh, on the iMac. I'm tending to window my <clears throat> excuse me window my applications more versus um, putting them into Spaces, but I still use Spaces a little bit. So because there are some apps like I've been working in OmniPlan lately. 
and uh, OmniPlan just looks much better in in a full screen. It's much easier to to work with. So it's ridiculously expensive, but oh my gosh, it's making my my ability to track all my work so much easier. So I've I've been doing the, that radio show for the church, and it just I can't I can't keep track of what I need to get done, you know, on a regular basis without it. So so very cool. I was gonna say I would I I would like uh, at some point in the future on the show you to uh, walk through what OmniPlan does because like their apps like are stupid expensive like there's OmniGraffle and Omni Outliner mm-hmm. and OmniPen and all that stuff uh, outside of OmniFocus obviously so I think that would be a fun little uh, deep dive at some point in the future to talk about what that does. Well, if you like using Gantt charts, this is a great. Uh, great tool for creating Gantt charts and um, and tracking uh, projects. It's about larger projects is really really what OmniPlan is excels at. So, but we can do that. I haven't used OmniGraffle a whole lot, but the new subscription services or the subscription models have made it a little bit easier for me to be able to at least dip my toe in it and try it out and play around with it to see if it's useful. Versus having to plunk down four hundred bucks for for OmniPlan at one time, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then start using it and be like, oh shoot, you know this really doesn't solve my problem. So, um, whoops, anything else with that? I don't think so. So, there was a product that came out this last week, and I'm wondering about your thoughts. The AirPods Max. Okay, you're shaking your head, so. No? They're ugly, and they're way too expensive. Okay. Ugly like Apple products are ugly. Because you know in like a few, you know like a month from now. No, I look. You know like a month from now, everybody's going to love it. Uh, 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 no, not me. My first thought mm-hmm. when I looked at that was, "Ew!" And then I saw the price tag and I laughed out loud and was like, "Are you kidding me? I'm gonna pay that much money for something that's that ugly? Not a snowball's chance, my friend. I would never spend that much money on headphones to begin with, let alone ugly ones. Just dumb. Like, and I get there's I get there's a market for high end." headphones and i understand that in the high-end headphones market 550 dollars is not unheard of or ridiculous but come on 550 dollars for a pair of headphones is ridiculous mitch like it's so dumb i and i get that they have the airpods pro and the normal airpods that are comparatively way cheaper but still really expensive like my airpods pro were not cheap i right and it to me coming off of the release of the M1 Max, right? The Mini, the Pro, and the Air that were all entry-level priced very competitively, which was, they did it on purpose. We talked about this before, why they, you know, all of this stuff. Then to turn around and to come out with something that so outprices itself for 90, 95% of the customer base. And they're ugly. Like, they're ugly. They're only they're only they're only ninety one fifty a month for six months. <laughs> I 
like whatever apple can do what it wants clearly it makes <laughs> money like without even thinking it like fine whatever i i am of the opinion that these are stupid they're way too expensive and they're for such a small portion of the community and, and that's fine if that's the if that's the niche that they want to serve because they have the airpods pro and they have the normal airpods for you know other folks but man is this product not for me in any way shape or form i i am not a fan at all how do you feel about it i kind of like them <laughs> i i think they they aren't the prettiest headphones i've ever seen but they uh they do have a little bit of an industrial feel to me that that they're i don't know it's it's very apple but i think the thing that would sell me on these and i would have to hear them to to really tell you if they're worth $549 or not but if they sound amazing then uh, i you could talk me into it let's put it that way well but here's the other thing right apple music doesn't offer lossless streaming so you're listening to super compressed audio files anyways so i don't understand why you would drop 550 bucks to listen to streamed music that isn't giving you the full quality of the actual recording. And that's assuming that I care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So, so if, if it's not lossless, you know, I think most of what you're streaming right now, and, and I have noticed a, uh, a, a disparity a little bit um, when it comes to, I, I think that they're doing a lot of what like YouTube does when, when you're streaming is that they adjust the bit rates depending on your con connection. Cause I've had that problem before where, you know, I'll be driving to work and uh, there's a song that just does not sound the same as it did yesterday. And and that would be a one that's being streamed. Now, if you download them, I think that they're at like 192 kilobits a second uh, compression, which quite honestly is hard to tell from CD, you know, for me at least. I don't I don't hear a difference. I don't hear that much. Oh, of yeah. Difference. I'm, I'm no audiophile. So I'm no audiophile. But it just it seems to me that if they're going to offer these top notch headphones, why aren't they offering? a higher level of quality music as well as an option, mm -hmm. right? And that's long been, that's long been something that people have talked about with Apple music specifically is like, there should be the normal price and there should be the price that you pay if you want the lossless stuff for the, for the mm -hmm. people out there that really do want that and can hear the difference or have the audio equipment that would take advantage of, you know, the higher fidelity and the higher dynamic range and all of that sort of stuff. Mm. I'm not one of those people. I love me some music, Mitch. I play it all the time. I listen to it all the time. Apple Music, Spotify, sound great to me. There are other things I'd rather spend 500 bucks on. Uh -huh. Um but uh but I I I like them. I think I think they're a nice first step in this in this direction, but uh it does 100% depend on um how they sound you know, to, to justify the expense. Yeah. 
the one thing I think that they could do better with these, if if you want my my personal opinion, is I would like to see a corded option. Like you have a um 3.5 millimeter cable that you can plug into the headphones and then plug into your mixer you know because that would make that would solve my issue in my studio here you know that way i could use those for my studio headphones and replace my my the sony ones that i'm using and it will also give me the ability to connect them via bluetooth to the my imac if i want to do that too but uh but it would give me options as to how i how I connect those to the system. Not to say that I couldn't get, you know, something that uh, would connect to my, um, my mixer and be wireless, but then, you know, how is that compression affecting the sound? You know, so for, for doing mixing work and stuff like that, the, it's not giving you Mm -hmm. an exact one-to-one audio quality without being corded to, to the device. So yeah, but anyway, you can get stuff like that from like both both headphones. So it is it is kind of an oversight, yeah. sure. Yeah, because I'm I'm wearing my Sony corded headphones right now, and mm-hmm. that uh, these these are the headphones that I got when I went to school for radio, and I've been using for ten fifteen years now. Um, yeah, but be fifteen. I think I graduated a long time ago <laughs> was that uh 20 2013 or i'm sorry 2003 or 20 2004 i think i graduated from uh from brown so but anyway yeah airpods max uh real quick uh piece of real-time mm-hmm. follow-up yeah i just downloaded the overcast ipad app on my macbook air And I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Because it has... I wish I could. I wish Marco would catalyst that app. It was in the... Because uh, I would be all over it. Mm -hmm. It's downloading all of my podcasts right now. Very exciting. Any hooskies. Well, I'm going to be a little jealous of you for that, so... All right. Well, what's delighting you today, Cam? Oh, main stage and my MIDI controller, Mitch. It is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful combination. So do you know what main stage is? Just a little bit. I don't I don't know enough about it. I haven't used a lot of MIDI stuff, but feel free to to educate me. So Main Stage is a companion app to Logic Pro, but it can stand on its own. Um, and it is so whereas Logic is studio focused, right? Recording, editing, processing, publishing, audio of, of any kind, right? Uh Main Stage is the live performance side of that coin. And so in Main Stage, you have Main Stage and Logic share the same um content library so like the 75 gigs of free audio that you can get when you buy logic or when you buy main stage is available to both programs and so Mm -hmm. that that gives you you know all 
crazy amounts of of synthesizers and pianos and keyboards and basses and guitars and horns and strings and pads and you know all of that sort of stuff um but main stage allows you to capitalize on that library while also allowing you to customize anything you find in there to your likings connect your midi controller connect your guitar connect your bass connect your microphone whatever you use live to perform uh, and then you can run all of that through main stage on your laptop and then run that out to the sound system. So um, I'm able to like with my, my MIDI controller, I can, you know, uh, and because it's MIDI too, you can map all of the the faders and knobs and buttons on your keyboard to do and trigger certain things within main stage itself. Um, and so I can play like a nice, really like airy pad on my keyboard. I can hit a button and then I'm playing a nice Rhodes piano. I can hit another button and I'm playing something that's a little more synthy feeling. Or I can hit another button and I'm playing just a straight like grand piano style um, sound. I can control all of that. Um, it gives me controls for volume. It gives me controls for tap tempo. So if I'm playing anything with uh, echo or uh, delay, I can control that to match the song. Um, it's it really has given me a new freedom and a new outlet for creativity when it comes to music because with my computer my keyboard my bass my guitar all of a sudden i can have it has built in different amp models as well so my guitar i can you know instead of going out and buying a marshall stack i can play through my computer and have it sound like it's coming through a Marshall stack. Not like I need that in church because I'm not trying to blow anyone's hair off, but there's that there's, I can create custom guitar pedals for different sounds based on, on what I want my, my sound to be. So it's, it has opened up this entire world that I knew existed, but I'd never really understood how to get into. Um, and so I'm working with a worship pastor at our church to try and understand how this newfound world of, you know, creative sounds fits into what our DNA is as a church when it comes to, to worship and music. Cause I don't want to be up there and just be like, it was some crazy like eighties annoying synth just because I can't, cause that's dumb and it doesn't serve the purpose and it doesn't fit. And it's not about me making fun noises as much as it is about serving the worship experience, right? It's supposed to be, it's not about the band is supposed to get out of the way. The band is there to serve the congregation so that the congregation can, you know, can worship God. And it's like when things are done well, the band just gets out of the way, serves its purpose and we're good. And so I'm trying to figure out how I can take this new tool and apply it into our band in ways that are supportive and make sense and contribute to the overall purpose of what we're doing. And it's super cool where it's, it's just, it's really, and it, I can have all the fun at home <laughs> in the piece of my own living room. I can play all the dumb, silly sounds and like the, the eighties drum pads and stuff like that. But it's, uh, main stage is twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. It is. I noticed that when I was looking at the website, very reasonably priced. You get all the downloads for free, um, and it's just really fun. And it has it has given me a uh, 
it has removed me from a rut I felt like I was in with music as far as like making music and playing music because there's just there's so many opportunities and you can stack different sounds. So like one of the patches I have is a is a Rhodes piano that also has a pad underneath it. So like if I play a C chord, you know, across my both hands on the piano, you're going to hear all the notes come through the Rhodes piano sound, but underneath it you're also going to hear matching sounds from a pad. So it's it's two stacked instruments in one and so I can fill the atmosphere with the pad but then also have the piano, you know, play the chords and the melody if I need to. Um, it's, it's really, really, really cool. Uh, so it is bringing me much delight because it's super fun and it's getting me back into playing keys, which I've never been terribly great at, but I enjoy the challenge of because it's so different from guitar and bass. Um, you know, because guitar, I think chord shapes and scales, I don't necessarily think relationships of notes as much, whereas on the piano, I'm thinking about the relationships of the notes because I can play chords in first, second, third inversions. And I can be like, oh, if I'm playing this A minor, A, C, and E, and I literally just move my thumb down to the G, that's a G chord. And I'm thinking about the relationship of that going from the six to the one, right? Um, it's it's changing the way that I perceive how to play music and understand the relationships of the notes within the chords because um, it's much more visual on the piano for me than it is on guitar, where I'm just thinking in chord shapes or scale shapes. Um, so it's really, really cool. I'm enjoying it quite a bit and it's, it's reinvigorating my desire to write and create music, which I've missed. I used to do it a lot when I was younger because I was dumb enough to think I could actually make really cool stuff. And then I realized, oh no, I gotta, Mm -hmm. I gotta stick to music theory and I gotta do this and I gotta play that. And now it's like, oh man, it's it's like the shackles have been removed and I can just play to play now and have fun. If it sounds cool, great. If it sounds like garbage, well, okay, great. But I've learned that. So it's, I don't know, hopefully you're you're getting from my, my tone of voice and my inability to shut up about it, that this is really, really fun and I'm really enjoying it. So that's what's delighting. So I went ahead and put uh, the main stage and your MIDI controller into the show notes. So if uh, folks want to follow up and take a look at that, that is in the show notes. Um, I have a question. Yeah. How does main stage work with a, uh, for lack of a better term, an analog instrument? So let's say I want to hook up my bass. Mm-hmm. Does it? So the yes, it does. Uh, and so you just you need a way to get your bass into your computer, right? So that's where this Focusrite Scarlet Solo comes in. This has it's got an XLR input, and it also has a either line or instrument input, like much like a, a DI box does. You can go line or instrument. Um, and then it's USB-C to the computer. So obviously the XLR is, you know, you can plug a microphone or anything like that in, and then the line in or instrument in is where I would put my electric guitar or my bass. Uh, and then you USB into the computer and then, um, you can either, you can line out from the USB interface via, you know, quarter inch to your, to a DI box, which goes into your system, or you can do quarter inch to XLR and just go straight into the, the snake. Uh, depending on what your church setup is or your, you know, live performance mm-hmm. setup, if you're at a bar or, you know, a, a venue. Um, so, yeah, so I use an audio interface to get um, guitar and bass in. My my MIDI controller just plugs directly into my uh, laptop via USB. A straight shot, it skips over this, and I just use this to get the audio out to the system. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, what I can you call that box again. It's a Focusrite Scarlet Solo. 
and it's it's a lovely little red box. Uh, pretty cheap. Okay, I got it. Pretty cheap um, compared to what you can spend on these things. Have no issues. It's got built-in phantom. Hundred nine bucks. Yeah, it's got built-in phantom power on the XLR if you need it for you know condenser mic. Um, and then there's individual gain knobs for channel one and channel two, so you can have gain different for your XLR as opposed to your instrument or line in. Uh, you can direct monitor. Uh, it's got left and right line outs as well. Um, it's a great, great little thing. Very uh, inexpensive in the realm of that sort of stuff. But yeah, I, I plugged my guitar in the other day to that and was jumping around and playing with some pedals and stuff. And it's just like, man, it it, it just expands your options um, for what you can do. Uh, and it's, you know, I could spend $1,000 on guitar pedals, which I'm never going to do. Or I could spend 30 bucks on main stage and 100 bucks on an interface and have opportunities to create my own guitar pedals. But it also has stuff like it's got a built-in tuner, which is great. Um, it's got built-in EQ as well, so you can EQ your bass on your computer as opposed to through the amp, or if you're just doing a direct into the um, to the system. Mitch, plug your ears. You don't have to trust the sound guy to mix your bass correctly. <laughs> so, yeah, it just it's it's really quite very very flexible and you can do a lot with with it or you can do very simple things you know but so the reason i ask um is that uh i am looking hopefully the first part of this next year at uh purchasing a new base and um and getting a setup so that i can play in church because i am starting to work with my uh av team to not have to be back in the sound booth all the time because at this point like i've been the only one that runs the soundboard so getting getting those guys familiar with with the soundboard and you know part of it is that and i'm actually um working i'm going to start putting together training videos and stuff like that for the team uh for all the software mm-hmm. that we use so that you know if god forbid i were no longer here um, that somebody could just pick it up and go. And it doesn't, it doesn't require, uh, somebody to have to come in and just like learn all the systems that I put together for the church. Um, somebody can just go to a website on the, or a page on the website where I've linked all the videos to here's how we record audio. Here's how we work with proclaim. Here's how we, um, what else did I have here? How, how we set up the live streaming and, and then perhaps I even need to go into the next step of like, here's the physical stuff we need to do every day or every Sunday when we're setting everything up and getting ready to go. So, you know, there's there's a lot that I want to start putting together. And quite honestly, I've thought about doing consulting with other churches that because uh, I've learned a lot of this stuff, um, you know, trial and error that I'm I'm wondering mm-hmm. how many churches especially small small churches like ours uh, really need somebody that can come in and say okay here here's a here's a setup that you can use that that will be easy to use easy to train your people how to use because that's been, always been my intent um but uh but this you know being able to train my people and I, the whole reason I'm saying this being able to train my people uh, to take over for me loose, loosens up my ability to go do other things. And so one thing that I've talked to the worship leader about is uh, is being able to play in the band periodically. So 
Mm-hmm. The only problem is, is work. <laughs> uh, I need a new job, man. Yeah, well, there is that. Um, I need a job that doesn't, that isn't getting in the way of everything that I want to do. Because right now I'm working nights, not, yeah. you know, like second shift nights, not overnights, but, and mm-hmm. it's just, I can't do, I can't go to uh, worship team practice. I can't, you know, like there's all these, you know, one thing that I wanted to do is, uh, is work towards being an elder in the church, you know, some point in the future. And I can't, I can't, uh, go to the, um, the training classes and the, the those kinds of things that they do for prospective elders right now because I have to work. So I'm trusting that it's where God wants me right now, but it is it's frustrating. So sorry, I totally bogarted your delight with my frustrations, but no, you're totally but, fine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But being able to play bass, by the way. Can I can I just mention this? This is kind this kind of delighted me the other day. So maybe I'm I'm that's not my pick for this week, and maybe at some point in the future this will be my pick. But um, I was down in Nashville uh, hanging out with my brother in law who plays guitar and uh, and stuff down there, and he um, him and I were searching for Rickenbacker basses because that's like that's my you know, moonshot as far as being able to buy a bass. I love Rickenbackers. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about it on the show here. Well, I found a website that has knockoff um, Rickenbackers. Chinese Knickerbockers? factory Rickenbackers is what they call it. They just call them Ricks. Yeah, they just call them Ricks. Uh, I see. There you go. But, uh, mm-hmm. but they're, gor- they're still gorgeous. Um, they're not... You know, it's one of those things when I was talking to him, he's like, you know, you really could take one of these bases because it is the style of the the Rickenbacker. And that's what you want. This is what it gives you uh, because it looks exactly Mm -hmm. like a Rickenbacker. Um, But what you can do is you can take that and start swapping out parts and eventually be able to piece yourself together an authentic Rickenbacker base. And so I thought, you know, as long as it plays right now and it sounds good it per- it'd be perfect for what i want to use it for right now but as the future goes i could replace the pickups and i could you know maybe change some of the wiring and you know different just different things like learn as i go and even like just get the authentic mm-hmm. pick guard you know because the the only real difference between the pick guards that they have on these and the authentic ones is the little made in the usa sticker on them which I would not take off because that's just too cool. But what's hilarious <laughs> is that you go to this website, you go to this website and you start uh, searching Rickenbacker bases. All the picture, there was one picture I found that actually showed that it had had the Rickenbacker logo at the, at the, on the, oh, I'm going to forget the name of it on the head of the base actually mm-hmm. had the Rickenbacker logo up there. Um, but in all the other pictures, they have it obscured some way um, because I don't think they're allowed to actually show that that they're basically knocking off yeah. the Rickenbackers. But, uh, mm-hmm. but they also have colors that Rickenbacker doesn't offer. So, you know, I, I saw a red one, uh, not a red one, an orange one, orange and black that looked pretty sweet. That's, I saw uh, a that's white an one. That's guitar right there. 
<laughs> it is for real. I saw a white one that I'm really tempted by that looked exactly like if you took a, a jet glow black Rickenbacker and you negative it. So your black is mm -hmm. white, your white is black. It was exactly that. Mm -hmm. It had the black it had the black um lining around the around the edges and just looked really, really sweet. And I don't know that Rickenbacker offers one like that. I think they have a white one, but it's not it doesn't look like that. So pretty pretty cool. But what really delighted me this week. <clears throat> so I mentioned that we were down in Nashville and we went to the Amazon store. Um, which was it said Amazon books, but then you go in there and it's like, you know, everything that's popular on Amazon, you know, they they are a lot of the stuff that was popular on Amazon they had there. Of course, all their echoes and everything else. But on the shelf I saw this. And they had it on sale. Really? So what it is is the Lego Star Wars Razor Crest. This thing is for ages 10 plus and that i qualify for that <laughs> and it has a thousand and twenty three pieces and it comes with the child the mandalorian grief carga ig11 and a scout trooper for the uh, minifigs so you see that down on the corner there nice uh -huh. so so this thing is really cool my wife and i sat down we i always take a buffer day when we do vacations and what i mean by a buffer day is it it's that day where you you get back from the vacation and you have one more day off before you go back to work so we sat down in my studio here and we built this uh together which was a really cool experience i had we had a lot of fun with this so this thing it took us about four hours to build it. Holy cow. And it uh it it has all these little hidden things on it. So oh, something popped. Um but it has your little uh your little ramp. It opens up on the sides, so you can see inside it. And you see, I got all the figures set up like there's something going on on the inside of the uh, Razor Crest there. Got the scout mm -hmm. with a gun pointed at Grief Karga and, and uh, IG-11. And then it's also got a door on each side. Pretty much the, the whole side of both sides of this opens up in some way. So you have your little entryway. And I'm holding this really mm -hmm. precariously, so I feel like I'm breaking pieces off. And then in the front here, the side that I'm showing you here, has the bed and a little sleeping area for uh, Mando and the child. And then when you flip it around on this side, the this is a compartment to hide blaster bolts. So you're saying blaster bolts. What would you use blaster bolts on this thing for? Well, if you take a blaster bolt out of here and you put it into the gunnery area here, I don't know what to call it. It's got a, you see that it's got a little, yeah, it's got a little port for you to stick in. You can shoot these out of this. I shot my wife like three <laughs> times the day we were putting it together. It was a good time. 
but uh, this thing is so neat. Just so when I was a kid, we used to we used to play with Legos, and so I thought, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Legos have changed over the years. Oh my gosh, have Legos changed over the years? There are so many new pieces, and um, and obviously on a something like this, they're going to have some custom pieces. But uh, but man, when I was a kid, man, you didn't. Oh, stuff is falling off now. Whatever. But you you used to have uh, like just all your standard little pieces, so you didn't have stuff like this where the cockpit just lifts off. And can you see uh, Mando and the child in the cock the cockpit mm-hmm. there? You didn't have stuff like this. You know, the whole, uh, did you watch the, the Lego challenge show that was on for a while at all? Oh, no. Did you see that? Uh -uh. Okay. So they had the, they had the show. By the way, there's, yeah, by the way, there's an escape pod on the back of this too. I thought that was kind of neat. Naturally. But, um, yeah. But they, they, there's a whole like, what's the word there's like a whole new way of building uh legos now you know it used to be like you just put down a little flat thing and you put you build your legos up and you had you had something you know but now they do Mm -hmm. like the studs out um stuff they do they do all this like weird stuff to build all these things and it's created a whole bunch of new pieces and it's just it's amazing the the difference um the new lego sets have versus you know what what i grew up with um and probably you grew up with uh, when you were you were a kid too it it is it is so mm-hmm. amazing the the differences now because you know they and it's hard to describe like you know the new pieces that were in this this uh set that uh that, I mean, they, they had like little right angle pieces that would put studs out on the side so that you could build stuff off the side mm-hmm. of the uh, the unit and stuff like yeah. that. They didn't have stuff like that when I was a kid. You know, you had to basically like put together these little stackable pieces that might have a little, you know, a stud on the side and then build something off of it. And it was just it was just a wreck to try and use that way. But it it is amazing. And so. I think I've gotten sucked back in to building uh, Lego models because it's, it's just, it's just fun. We had so much fun doing that. So cool. So that's, what's delighting me today. And I've also, we, yeah, we talked about the advent calendar a um, couple episodes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 12 days into that advent calendar and this has been a blast, you know, just every morning getting up, I've got a new, you know, little thing. I mean, it takes me like a minute or two to put it together. But it's just kind of cool because this morning I opened it up and I've got this little tiny porg that, uh, that I that I put together and uh, and stuck stuck on the little uh, Lego sheet that I put all the minifigs on. But um, but just some really neat little things in that uh, Lego uh, Advent calendar, the Lego Star Wars Advent calendar, which I'll pitch my Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram, I'm Radio Mitch on Instagram, and I've been sharing uh. In, pictures of all of those as the month goes so So, yeah cam brennan's cam brennan on uh, instagram everything everything so you can follow him 
Facebook.com, Twitter, Instagram. I'm very, very creative. Yep. It's just my name. Yep. Well, you got anything else for us today, man? Uh, no, I don't. I think I am. Uh, I am out of ideas for the time being. So you're going to watch a bunch of Star Wars today. Right? Yeah, that's true. I I have to do some work for the day job this weekend. So I figured okay. I'm going to work on a Saturday, which is not cool. Then I'm going to do it while I watch some Star Wars. So I've been I've been watching Clone Wars and um realize I haven't seen episodes 1, 2 or 3 in way 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 too long so i'm gonna start with the phantom menace and i'm gonna crack open my work laptop and gonna watch some star wars while i uh, do some work so i would recommend a annual tradition may 4th is star wars day Mm -hmm. so my wife and i have an annual tradition of watching through all the star wars movies uh, right around that date. We don't watch them all on, on that day. But uh, that's kind of e- either that kicks off our um, watching of all the Star Wars movies or we try to um, schedule it out so that the last Star Wars movie lands on May 4th. So, so are you talking just the 9 or are you talking the 11? Just like just the, the Star or the Skywalker oh, saga, just the 9. Yeah. Okay. No, we don't, we don't, well, you know, we do add in Solo and Rogue One into that, but uh, none of the TV shows, gosh, I would take all year to watch all of those, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, you haven't watched the new season of The Mandalorian yet, so we can't talk about that, so. Cannot. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything for you or the listeners for that matter, but. I'll get to it. I'm still I'm still debating. Do I finish all seven seasons of Clone Wars before I watch the Mandalorian, or do I just suck it well, up? Well, there is a compromise. There is a compromise to that. So you might have to do some searching on Google, but uh, but there are some folks that have put together an essentials list of Clone Wars episodes and Rebels episodes to watch. So you don't have to watch every single episode, but you'll get but by watching these episodes, you get the over arching story and hit the hit the best episodes because there there's some there's some storylines in there that you know if you ever want to go back and watch them you can but they don't really have much to do with the um the overarching storyline i mean there's a there's a i think in i think it's in clone wars there's a droid um there's like a storyline with the droids that is totally superfluous to the rest of the series that you can pretty much skip but uh and there's some other stuff in there like that too i mean they're fun episodes to watch and they're kind of in there for the kids but uh but as far as Mm -hmm. being able to get the overarching storyline of of clone wars you can get through it without having to watch the entirety of all seven seasons but i would highly recommend the seventh season don't skip any episodes in the seventh season um that i think some of the best star wars out there right now is like the last half of that season it's good stuff so good to know good to know yep 
All right. Well, I have to put my mil- my uh, Millennium Falcon. Good grief. I have to put my Razor Crest back together because parts fell off while I was trying to show it to you. So. <laughs> All right, man. And I'll uh, I'll remind our uh, listeners that you can uh, check us out at interdialogue.show. That's interdialogue.show. In- and uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Mitch Craig. I'm at Cam Brennan. Very good. So uh, any comments, questions, anything that you might have for us, uh, let us know. And uh, it'll be be exciting to hear from you guys. So uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with our Christmas show. I've got a little something planned that I haven't talked to Cam about yet. So we'll uh, we'll figure out what we're going to do for that. But it uh, should be a good time. So, all right. Well, if we don't uh, don't talk to you between now and then, have, y'all have a Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll see you back here in a couple of weeks. Bye, Cam. Peace.